0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Tech Sales Craft with me, James Hounslow. And today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Marie Rooney with us today. Marie, how are you doing?
1: Great. How about you, James?
0: I'm really good. And I'm excited about this conversation. Let me just tell people a little bit about you and then allow you to give some more detail, Marie. So you are the VP of sales over at Unifor and you are leading the charge of a really exciting new product that these guys have. And we'll we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But I was super keen to get you onto this podcast because you have a, a background coming from the engineer product side and you've moved into being a, a really successful sales leader. Uh, and it would be great to pick up some key points that you have used from your, uh, your engineer days that uh, have helped you out on the sales side. But as a, a way of getting started, do you want to just give a, a two-minute synopsis of your career and who you are and what you're up to? Uh,
1: happy to. So my name is Marie Brinette. as you said, VP of Sales at Unifor for the Q Business Unit. And I grew up in France, hence the strong French accent, where I became an engineer early days in the semiconductor industries. And I transitioned to sales after I moved to the United States, which is now 14 years ago. The recent job I had before joining UNIFOR was at Facebook, now Meta. I helped build the metaverse for enterprise applications. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Excellent. Now, I do want to talk about the the new product at Unifor, but before we get to that, at what point in your career did you decide that you wanted to move towards sales from the engineer side? Was it by accident or was it a deliberate play? It was a bit of both, to be
1: honest. After five, six years, I wanted to challenge myself and pivot to a different job. But the skills I had, the expertise I had as an engineer was very specific to the semiconductor. Even the language I used to code was specific to that field. So I was trying to find a path to pivot and try something new, but um, I was struggling a bit. And at the same time, I got lucky enough that a sales manager in the company I used to work for offered me a sales job which at first thought was a joke (laughs) because I had no sales skills, in my opinion. But as an engineer, I was already facing clients. I was the co-developing advanced tech with the Samsung of the world. So his response was, you are already selling, you just don't realize it yet. So he did give me a shot and provided me with a safe space to learn and uh, without fear of failing because he was a very caring manager.
0: Excellent. So walk me through that. When you first started into sales, how did you feel? What did you learn in that first sort of 12, 18 months of being a salesperson?
1: Many things. I first learned that the engineering background was perfect to become a salesperson because engineering mindset is very much about finding a solution to a problem. And I never approached sales. Hey, let me try to sell you my solution. And get money out of you it yeah. was always what is your problem let's find out together what your problem is because most of the time clients don't always know and uh, finding a solution to help solve that problem. the money came always comes uh, naturally with this kind of mindset. Also being very process oriented, applying rigor in the process, I built everything to be scalable in the way we approach sales so all those skills come from the engineering mindset
0: excellent i bet it does you, you mentioned that the your sales leader gave you a safe space how important was that to help you find your feet and how much have you taken that on board as yourself as a sales leader it was a tremendous help because psychologically i knew i wouldn't get
1: sacked if i felt on a deal i was very open with him all the time Do things i didn't know and we would brainstorm. He would always push me to trust my instinct, push me in the right direction. He also, for example, paid for a negotiation training
0: yeah. right after
1: I started because I was very open. That was the basic skill I was missing. But for the rest, he was very supportive. He always told me, like, it's okay if you fail one deal. It's not the end of the world. As long as you learn and learn from your mistakes, and correct, you'll be fine. So that like psychologically, I knew I could always go to him to ask questions. So I try to provide that in my leadership skills today and make sure that people are empowered
0: to also make mistakes. And you obviously stayed in sales. What was it that enabled you? You mentioned there that you were looking for a new challenge, which is why you went into sales. And I guess the next challenge that I've kind of gone on has been grown into leaderships. But What's made you stay in sales and not move back towards the technical product side? I compare sales to a drug addiction. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first time you close a big deal, if you get hooked, it's very hard to walk away. <laughs> and I got hooked on my first deal, uh, yeah. which was an amazing one. And uh, I do love the client interactions. You really have to care about clients. You really have to enjoy that those interactions to stay in sales otherwise it becomes boring I would say yeah.
0: yeah so at what point did you decide that leadership was for you and you wanted to move away from an individual contributor to be a sales leader
1: I think very quickly I was helping colleagues closing deals I was mentoring others especially new hires and I realized I really enjoyed that part mm-hmm uh-huh. I had a conversation early on with a global VP when I was at Facebook. I never wanted to go into management for the title or more, the more power. Especially at Facebook, managers have uh, more responsibilities and less power. Yeah. It was more about like having a bigger scope in terms of the influence I could get on the business. Mm-hmm. It was helping people grow and uh, brainstorm. So that's what helped me decide to move into management. I got offered the opportunity, so it was an easy transition.
0: And so where were you at when you had your first managerial role?
1: It was at uh, Meta. Ah. So very shortly after uh, joining the Facebook Reality Labs, which was the virtual reality, augmented reality department, I got offered a management position. We were building everything from scratch. So as an IC, I was trying to do everything I could to help build the business and scale it. So it was the promotion happened very quickly and easy because I was already behaving like a manager per se.
0: Ah, so when you became a leader, how many people were in the team when you said that or did you have to start hiring and building it from scratch?
1: Uh, yes. So at first I had like two, three peers who became my direct reports and then uh, we grew the team to close to 40 people
0: nice so interesting point there so you had two to three peers that then reported into you how did you make that happen in a good way because that can be really challenging one minute <laughs> you're sat there at the same level and the next minute they're reporting into you did you find that daunting at all
1: yes and no so for some peers I was already mentoring them so much that they welcome the the official change. They knew it wouldn't be much different. Uh, For others who were just starting, I had actually lots of conversations with them, asking them what kind of leaders they were looking for, how the relationship could work. So even before my manager announced it officially, we had like lots of conversation among us to make sure that transition will be as smooth as possible. It all comes down to communication and empathy.
0: So how did you go about... You obviously scaled that business pretty quickly. And one of the hardest parts about scaling business is getting the right people on board and the recruitment process behind it. How did you land on the right scalability plan?
1: To me, it's about the right culture fit.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: really... Uh, early on, I made the mistake of many looking at resumes and degrees. And I found out the hard way that the cultural fit matters way more, at least yeah. for me. It's about people fitting the values and the culture you want to create as a leader, especially when you scale a business. Um, this, the kind of salespeople you need are very different than the salespeople needed for a well-oiled machine.
0: Mm-hmm. You need
1: people who put their he go aside to do whatever it takes to make the business successful, which is a very different kind of profile.
0: Okay. And and when you obviously get told by the people above you about where they want the business to go, how do you know when's the right time to hire? Is, is it based on a, a revenue perspective or were you handed the money and say, look, we just need to get these people in to get revenue up? A bit of both.
1: <laughs> it's planning ahead, but yeah. it's also depending on company's culture. Uh, some companies hire after the need is clearly yeah. there. Others are trying to anticipate. So it's a bit of like, it's a lot of communications with uh, the higher leadership, trying to plan as much as possible in advance and uh, compromising with the economical constraints the company has at the time.
0: Interesting. And you obviously had four really successful years there and grown a, a business to quite a size. What would you say you learned the most out of that experience?
1: Oh, so many things. I would say Meta is an amazing school for uh, managers. Mm-hmm. Um, because managers are not really empowered, they all have responsibilities. The culture really enforces managers are there to help and serve their direct reports. So it really pushes you as a manager to question yourself on a daily basis to ensure you're the best manager possible for your team.
0: Okay. And if you, from what what you've learned from your times there, because we always say that hindsight is a wonderful thing, But if you had, through the experience you've had with both Facebook and with the eight months you've had at Unifor, if you had your first day again at Facebook as a leader, is there something that you do differently? Great question.
1: There are plenty of things I would do differently. (laughs) I learned so much over the four years I stayed there that I would try to apply all the things I learned from day one. For example, learning to let go of control mm-hmm. when you're under so much pressure and you have to deliver such high goals in a short amount of time i think it's easy to get into a high stress mode and want you to control things as a leader i learned to let go of that control and allow people to do things their own ways even if it was your different style than mine yeah. so it's something i learned um, quickly <laughs> but the hard way so i would apply that by the way
0: yeah interesting you hired a lot of people and you worked out that you made mistakes early on in terms of looking at cvs and, and universities at what point did you realize that character and culture was was more important and and why do you think that is
1: so i realized it quickly after a hire who wasn't a good fit to me it's so always the question like no hire is perfect yeah in my opinion and uh, it's about what can be taught in a
0: reasonable
1: amount of time yeah. and the things that are very hard to adjust. So I always try to balance both and uh, making sure I hire for the skills that I like, hard to acquire, but absolutely need for the business, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, here's the, the, the really difficult part around it, because I think a lot of leaders know and understand that characteristics of a person, particularly in a startup, are really important to, um, to look at. But sometimes pressure puts on people and, and, they, and they hire over skill set. But when we talk to people about character and I, and I ask them, so how do you interview for character? And that's what I'd like to understand from, from you, Marie. how do you interview for character? what types of questions you asking what are you looking for and can the character of the person you're looking for be different to other people in the team or is there a certain character that you want throughout
1: so i do like diversity so i am trying to find different personalities and characters but there are certain things that i expect from all my hires feedbacks for example
0: yeah
1: and feedbacks to me goes both ways so i want people who can accept feedbacks mm-hmm. and also can provide feedbacks. I always tell them the worst for me is people who are just happy with the statu quo. I, as an engineer, I'm always trying to improve processes and playbooks and so on. So I want people who bring ideas and brainstorm on that. So during the interview process, I do test people on feedbacks. Everybody say they like feedbacks. <laughs> but when it comes down to providing concrete example that's where I can find out how real that statement is I also test them by providing feedbacks on the spot on the interview and yeah. see how they react
0: yeah I like so that's it. One.
1: another is I always ask candidates those two questions I usually ask them if I were to ask your current colleagues or your direct reports to describe your best quality in one word, what would you say? And similar for the worst. It's funny, the number of people who cannot come up with the worst quality,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which to me likes self-awareness. So like I have this typical question that I ask everybody.
0: It's interesting. So when you're asking for the, the worst quality, what are you looking for from that? Someone who can understand what their bad quality is so that you can work on it and adapt it? Would you hire someone who says they don't think they have one or they don't know what their worst quality is?
1: Probably not. For me, it's a red flag.
0: Yeah. Nobody's
1: perfect. And uh, if people can't accept or are not aware, they have areas of growth. <laughs> And it's going to be very hard to coach them if they don't fit certain skills that are required, right? So for me, it's usually a red flag. So what I'm looking for is first some kind of self-awareness. And uh, when they come up with like a worst quality, I usually ask them what have they been doing to work on it, to self-improve those are the skills I'm looking for because those are the people that I know will be able to accept feedbacks, collaborate better in case something goes wrong.
0: And does this go along with you testing if somebody's coachable or not? Because you've mentioned 100%. a few times about being a mentor, which is it's, it's not often you hear a sales leader mention the word mentor. And I, I quite often believe that the VP of sales should just just be changed to sales coach because that's effectively the biggest part of your job is to help your team achieve what they're there to go out and do. But everybody will will, will nearly always say that they are coachable, but we know (laughs) from experience they say that, but it's not always that true. Is there any other ways that you can work out in an interview situation that somebody is coachable?
1: Yeah, often ask them. When is the last time they receive feedbacks, positive and uh, negative, and what they done to help address those? To me, it always comes down to concrete examples and details. Especially salespeople are supposed to nail interviews. They're like the right keywords, they're the right things to say at the high level that everybody is used to hear. But I often try to bring them a bit deeper in the conversation. By asking concrete example.
0: Like it. That's oh. when I
1: find out really if those statements are true
0: or yes. not. I like it. So before we move on to talking about this hugely exciting next step in your career of UniFor, we're at that point in the conversation where you get to ask me a question you've always wanted to ask a recruiter, and I'll do my best to answer the question. I love this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, your main job is to find great talent. Mm -hmm. But first, how do you qualify great talent? And for me, the biggest challenge is how do you make sure those great talents are the right fit for the companies you are recruiting for?
0: Excellent. So that's a a really great question. So for me, recruitment is similar to any sales and software sales side of things. And I always say to people that want to get into um, to recruitment that recruitment is 90% qualification, qualification of the job and qualification of a candidate. You have to really understand the job, which is why we won't just operate on a job spec that just gets given to us. Because I say to mm-hmm. Most people, if you wrote what you did for a job down on a bit of paper, would it fit into two paragraphs? And the answer is nearly always no. But you get this generic job spec that comes out and says that's what it is. So, So what you have to do is really understand the job, really understand the leader, because particularly in sales, people join leaders and the organization as to why people should look to join. And then when we qualify candidates, we qualify candidates, we don't qualify for roles. So you're really understanding what motivates a candidate, what they're looking for, why they're looking for it, what's worked in the past for them, what didn't work for them, so that you can really narrow down if what they're looking for matches what we are looking for with with the client. And so you're looking at quite detailed, long conversations, which is why you need to have as much information of the, the The positives from the client so that you can get the candidates engaged with what you are are talking about. So it's very similar to a discovery call that you would run with potential clients. That's exactly what we do with the candidates. We want to make sure that we are, because particularly here, we we kind of work at around about 1.1 CV to interview ratio. And you want to make sure that that you're going to get the interviews and the interviews are going to move forward through rather than doing a coded word search match which basically doesn't help anybody ensure that you've got the right person because I am totally on board with your part of what you're talking about with character comes before skill. I think you can teach skill and I've learned a lot of that through the grassroots football and coaching of children that you know that nobody's born a certain thing, but if they've got the right character and the right attributions, they'll learn the skill and they'll pick it up and they will um, go for it. So, in a nutshell, it's asking all the right open questions, having had all the detailed answers from the um, from the client to to make sure that we are matching up as close as possible the right people
1: so discovery qualification proper communication i also know you're good in negotiation so just so you know james we are hiring at unifor if you want a sales job you're welcome anytime <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe i've always wanted to uh to head out to uh, san Fran. so um yeah it'll be uh it would be awesome so does that does that answer your question
1: yes i love it and i think that's why I was so excited from day one about our partnership. It's because we uh, do approach uh, hiring uh, with the same mindset.
0: Excellent. I know you are ultra busy with everything you're doing, but I can't let you go without talking about this new role. So just want to to let everybody know, What's this product all about? Why did you join Unifor, and the fact that it's obviously quite a great business in in, in what it has been doing in this new and exciting area that you've been brought on to to front? So just want to tell everybody what's it all about and why you decided to take this opportunity on. Happy to.
1: So Q4Sales is an emotional intelligence platform uh, created initially for B2B salespeople. I truly believe in the importance of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I think lots of leaders do more and more. It's just like EQ has never been implemented in corporates, big corporations because, in my opinion, we couldn't associate EQ with proper business ROI. Mm-hmm. And the platform Q4Sales does that. It does help salespeople adapt to the virtual world of selling. And has clear impacts, otherwise, on all the key sales metrics, like average deal size, onboarding time, average sales deal. So all the things that really matter in sales has now been like improved through Uh the lens of emotional intelligence. So it was an opportunity very too hard to pass. (laughs) (laughs) And when it comes to Unifor, it's because there are great technology everywhere, but to me, to join a startup, I needed to truly trust the leadership team Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and Unifor is an amazing CEO, an amazing CFO. The execs are top notch. I like the fact that Q also is a startup within Unifor, Mm -hmm. which is a, a double unicorn already because I could help build things from scratch without... The financial risk that uh, is usually associated with uh, joining a very early stage startup. So it was the best of both worlds.
0: Excellent. And what's the plan? So you've been there for eight months so far. What's the, the plan over the next sort of 12, 24 months for this new business? Right now, it's very much about like getting the products
1: in the hands of as many companies as possible and listen to the market. Right now, we're just launching in North America. In a few months, we will launch in uh, other countries. For me, selling for when we launch a product is not just about generating revenues. It's also very very much about gathering feedbacks, pivoting if needed, and make sure that the product fits exactly what the market wants. Because we can anticipate as much as possible, but (laughs) we don't know what we don't know.
0: It's true. So who are you targeting this product at, at the moment? Sales leaders, what type of business, a large enterprise or SMB level businesses?
1: The, uh, it's mainly in large enterprise. So any companies that has like a B2B sales force could benefit from Q, but we are targeting a large enterprise indeed
0: interesting well look, i'm sure it's going to be a great success if anybody in the us is listening to this and sounds like it could be of uh, of interest marie how do they get hold of you to uh, to find out more
1: so on unifor.com on our website we have listed all the the open uh, recs. we have many in terms of direct sales customer success even solution architect for q Otherwise, they should also, they can also contact you.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Well, look, Marie, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you very much for taking time out to have this conversation. I know your your schedule is uh, is super busy, but I think, I, I mean, I learn a lot from all these conversations that I've had, and uh, it's been great talking to you. So um, thank you very much for your time.
1: Likewise. Thank you very much, James.